This is the bigger monkey wrench in the system. And that is, we had started off with the fundamental belief that the conscious and subconscious were just the unity of a single mind. So if the conscious mind became aware of something, then the subconscious mind should, of course, follow along with it as well, because they're both together. It's two separate minds, but they learn in different ways. Here's the critical part. Conscious mind being creative can learn in a creative fashion. Conscious mind can read a self-help book and after one reading go, oh yeah, I've been educated. I know how this, I should do it this way. My life could be really good if I understood this. And then you say, well, I just read the book and I understand how it all works. And yet my life is still exactly the same. You can go to the lecture, you can read the book, you can watch the video. You can even just go, aha. And the conscious mind being creative can learn just from simply that. Read the book, it learned. I go, what about subconscious? I go, ah, here's your problem. It's a habit mind. I said, well, how do you create a habit? I go, ah, reading the book once, it's not a habit. So what's the point? The self-help book you read was picked up information-wise, educated, and enhanced your conscious awareness, and yet didn't touch any of your subconscious programs. You have the same behavior you had before you read the book, after you read the book. Why? Conscious mind learns by reading the book, subconscious habit, you don't learn from that one reading of the book. So the conscious mind, subconscious mind learn in different ways. How can I teach the subconscious mind? Number one, so many of us talk to ourselves. You know, I love donuts. Margaret, my partner, calls them circles of death. But, uh, you know, I love those guys. And, and of course, my health wasn't that great at this time. And uh, so uh, my programming is don't eat donuts. Don't eat donuts. And I keep talking to myself, don't eat the donut. Don't eat the donut. And then sure enough, five minutes later, there's a donut in my hand. And it's about halfway finished when my mind catches on. Oh, my God, you're eating the donut. Well, now being so upset, well, you might as well finish it now. Just start it. <laughs> And then I eat the donut, okay? And I go, wow, this, I kept talking to myself not to eat the donut. Why did I eat the donut? And here's the fun answer. The conscious mind, yes, you're in it. Remember I said that's the seat of your identity, your spirit, your consciousness. That's where you are. Oh, then who's in the subconscious mind? I go, nobody. There's nobody in there. It's a machine like a CD recorder. Why is that relevant? Well, let's say I record a program on a CD, put it in the machine, push play, and it plays the program. And I say, I don't like that program. So I say, okay, CD player, change the program, make something more fun and something I would like better than this program. Then, of course, the program continues to play just as it was, and then you get a little more upset. Come on, I, please change that program. I asked you to change the program. Don't eat the donuts. Don't you remember I said that? Still eating a donut. I go, I get very frustrated very upset with myself and then I really almost give up because how many times do I have to tell myself not to eat the donut still end up eating donut to realize it's not making any difference at all the point about it is this when your conscious mind was telling your subconscious not to eat the donut who were you expecting to hear that message and then you realize there's nobody in a subconscious a machine so I say yeah go talk to the CD player it's playing a, a track on an album I say okay tell it to play something different just talk to it and the answer is, it's not going to change. It'll never change. I go, yeah, there's your problem. Trying to talk yourself into change is not going to work because the subconscious mind has nobody to listen to your story. So I said, well, how does it change? I said, well, how does it learn? And here's the three things to rewrite your subconscious. Number one, how did it learn in the first seven years, the programmable period? I say, oh, 
the brain was in a low vibrational frequency called theta, which is hypnosis. So if I use hypnosis, I can download a program. I can say, yes, you can. That's how you can do it. And I go, do I have to have somebody else do the hypnosis on me? I go, you know, here's the fun part. The vibration of theta is a low vibration. It's below consciousness, which is alpha. And a higher vibration in alpha is beta, which is like schoolroom studying, you know, work mind, work consciousness. And like, so there's higher vibration is beta. The next one down is more calm is alpha. When you go down below alpha theta, which is the uh, hypnosis or imagination phase as well, because children in that theta period, first seven years, mix the real world and the imaginary world seamlessly. And that's because theta is imagination and reality mix. And then below theta is a one lower vibration called delta, which is absolute sleep. I say, well, what's significant? I say, well, every day when you wake up, you're coming from Delta, the lowest vibration, just as you're waking up in the morning, just as you're coming out of sleep, the immediate like groggy period in that beginning, that's Theta. That's where imagination and, and, and hypnosis and reality start to mix together. So guess what? Every day when you're going to bed or when you're waking up, you go through a zone of Theta naturally from sleep vibration delta the lowest to waking up you have to go through theta theta's imagination so guess what if you put earphones on and play a program as you're going to bed just as your conscious mind lets go and is not paying attention to the program at this point you're you're really going off into sleep theta is engaged and what's theta doing taking the program and downloading it into the subconscious mind because that's what theta does hypnosis bypassing the conscious mind which just went to sleep so every night putting air on earphones and playing a program of a behavior that you want to create in your life repetition of that every night will then manifest that experience so the first seven years hypnosis theta auto uh, hypnosis with earphones i said and going to bed that's the way you can program it number two what about programming after age seven i go oh well then the conscious mind's working so I, how do i put a new program in i say you practiced you repeated something over and over and over again making a habit out of it i say you want to learn abc how many times did you start with abc and then get to a certain point and then stop because you didn't know what was next and then you thought about what was next. A, B, C, D, well, let's see. Oh, E, A, B, C, D, E. Oh, next one is, oh, F. And you keep adding and what are you doing? Repeating, adding and repeating. Finally, you get A, B, C, D, X, Y, Z, you get to the end. Guess what? You got to the end, you don't have to do it anymore. Why? You've repeated it, made a habit out of it. Now it's enclosed in the habit mind. You can just call it up. It's already a habit. So repetition, let's say, oh, you find that your behaviors are not supporting you, then guess what? Generate a behavior that represents supporting you and repeat it just like a player on a sporting team. Go out and do the practice. Just repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. Even if it's not real at the time, it will become real as it becomes downloaded as a program. Your subconscious will take that program and then use it to manifest life from it. So you start out, you might be sick with cancer and your program is, I am healthy, I control my health, a couple of those programs like that, very positive thingy like that. And I say, well, what happens? Well, it's very hard for your conscious mind to say, I am healthy, knowing you're having a cancer right now. And I say, no, that's not the issue. You're repeating it over and over again for what? The subconscious. The repetition habituation occurs. The subconscious now gets a program. What's the program? I am healthy. The function of the mind is to create coherence between your programs and your reality. 
So if I put in a program that I am healthy, and at that moment I have sick with cancer, what do you think the function of my mind is? Is to create an environmental situation where health can be restored. Why? Because my program says I'm healthy, my biology says I'm not. The function of the mind is to adjust the biology so it manifests the expression of the program. I can heal myself, but not with my conscious mind. That's good positive thinking. I go, yeah, positive thinking. I can heal myself, I can heal myself. I said, and how much of the day are you using that positive thinking? Less than 5%? Oh, it's not gonna have much of an effect. You wanna have an effect? Put it in a subconscious, make a program, it'll operate 95% of the day. So the two fundamental ways right now of learning are the two fundamental ways that we acquired the subconscious programs. A, hypnosis, first seven years. B, repetition of a practice or a pattern uh, which occurs after age seven. How did you drive a car? You didn't know how to drive it when you first got in. You practiced and you experience all of the aspects of driving. So now you get in the car, you've been driving for a while. You don't even think of the mechanics of the driving part. You put the key in the ignition, you're already thinking about where you're going and the destination. All of this now is automatic subconscious programming. And you can turn any aspect of life into that automatic subconscious program. Being in love can be a subconscious program. I say, why is that relevant? Well, whether you're just stopping consciously say, God, I'm so happy I'm in love, or just walking down the street, I'm in love. Why? Because that's what my subconscious mind says. <laughs> I, I live that. Most of us, and I've seen this in our belief courses, 80 to 90% of every audience does not love themselves. No self-love. How can that be? And the answer was simple, because what are the programs in that child's mind for the first seven years? I go, well, as psychologists said, 70% or so are negative, redundant, disempowering, self-sabotaging. I go, well, how did they get there? And I say, here's the primary reason. Parents act like coaches. I say, what's a coach? Well, here's a team player. It's not performing well. It's not putting out the effort. And so the coach goes, come on, you don't deserve to be on this team. Who do you think you are? You're not that good. Why is the coach saying that? Just to piss off the player? No. The player is now thinking, oh my God, I got to perform better. I'm going to work harder. I'm going to do better because I want to show the coach that I am deserving of this. So the consciousness of the player is understanding what the coach meant because the coach said, you're not good enough. And the consciousness is an interpretation. I'm not good enough because I'm not performing well. Therefore, I will perform well. I go, yeah, but that's when the student or whoever it is, is conscious. I say, what about a child before seven? I say, oh, they're not conscious. They're recording. I say, oh, if a parent's acting like a coach, what did the child just record? Not good enough, not deserving. Who do you think you are? You're not that good at this. You're not lovable. These are things that parents say. Why did they say that? Because they wanted to be the coach and say, come on, you could do better. You know, needle them to do better. It only works if the child is conscious enough to understand the meaning. If the child is under seven, they're just recording the words. I say, what are the words recorded in this child's mind? Not good enough, not deserving, not lovable, not worthy. These are the programs of the subconscious mind. I go, yeah, and I say, what happens if that mind plays 95% of the time? Oh, what's the function of the mind? Take the program and create behavior that will you know, make coherence between the resulting life and the program. The program is not good enough, not worthy, not deserving. Then guess what the behavior is gonna come from the mind. Any behavior that will show outside people that A, I'm not good enough, not worthy, or deserving because my behavior will be coherent with the program. And this is why between 80 to 90% of the people in our workshops 
will not test positive to I love myself because the fundamental programs are critical, self-critical. And I go, why is that relevant? Program, I am not lovable. Issue, a partner shows up who says they love you. They say they love you. What is your mind thinking at that moment? What is your subconscious can't, mind? Can't possibly be true. It can't be true. <laughs> I'm not, I know I'm not lovable, so how the hell can I say that? What will you do? You will push away love because you can't accept it for yourself. So when somebody else says it, it can't be true. And therefore you will always be seeking love and never find it. Conscious mind, wishes and desires. Yes, I want that love. Yeah, 5% of the day, 95% of the time. You're not worthy. Uh, you don't deserve this. Who do you think you are? And all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, of course, if that's running 95% of the day, I'll never be successful. And why am I worried about it? And the answer is because that 95% of the day is not visible to me. So if I'm sabotaging myself 95% of the day with programs that will push away everyone who loves me, and at the end of the day, come home and say, I, I can't find a mate. No one loves me. It's like, no, it didn't start there. It started with you. You didn't love you. No one else can love you.